This is Lauren. This is Trey. And this is the Partnership Podcast. This week's episode is about grief. Grief in partnership and what we're doing to support each other in this time of grief. Oh, thank you, baby. My phone was making it look like I looked like the same color as my shirt and like I was literally sickly. Oh. I felt cute before I looked at my reflection in my phone. Hello, my love. Hello. We're this, recording at such a different time. This is an afternoon podcast. I was like, should I start drinking? <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, should I open a Coors Light? That's all that's been on your mind. How long have you been? What do you call it? Off the wagon? Off, <laughs> no, on the wagon. I'm on the wagon. On the wagon. Off the wagon is, is drinking. Yeah. And then California sober is weed and alcohol. Oh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. How long have you been on the wagon? I think like 10 days. Cool. Completely sobs. With a lip bite? Yeah. Do you feel sexy when you do it? A, a lip bite? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, how do you feel when you're on the wagon? Fine. This has been fine. Like once cool. like your body pushes back, you know, the mind is like, I'm bored. That's what oh, it is. It's like, this would be fun if you got a little high. Huh. Like, Crack a couple of beers. It's more fun. And it is. This is really good perspective of it is more fun because I don't have a um, – I definitely don't have a like I can't stop problem. I'm, I'm yeah. very lucky yeah. that I – it doesn't yeah. – it can't be uh, – what is it? It's like if I open one, I'm going to have 12. Yeah. I don't have that because I'll, I'll eventually uh, fall asleep and piss the bed. You're a petite man. Yeah, I got a petite bladder too. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, and I got a patinus. camel. I got a camel bladder. I have a patinus, a petite penis. <laughs> patinus. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever uh, patinus. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. It's the podcast that gives back. Oh lordy! Make sure and like and subscribe. And if you want to hear uh, these types of things, not from me because I will not meet with you, but my <laughs> beloved partner, she sees clients. Lauren Elise Ventures. She does see clients, and she does a good fucking job. She does a really good job. How have your How have your people been? It's It's funny that you say that because I was just reading at the end of their sessions. Well, actually, after each session, they get a option to like leave a review or some feedback. Both they could be totally could be negative as well because I'm an educator and so I, I treasure opportunities to learn too. Um, but a couple of students have just finished sessions and so left like their experiential review and it's pretty cool. What they say. That it was awesome and that they know more about their sexual selves than they ever thought possible and they feel more embodied and present and alive. Somebody said, don't wait to be broken before you book a consult with Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. That cool. if there's something in you that you feel is buried that you want to uncover, Lauren will help you get there. That's a big one where people wait till it's like catastrophic. Yeah. I read once that so many of us wait for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Right? We're like, well, I mean, but if they cheat one more time. Or, well, I mean, if they hit me. And let me be very clear. Sometimes there are other things at play when we're staying in, like, toxic relationships, safe, you know, well-being, livelihood, our finances are sometimes wrapped in. But sometimes when it just comes to our sexual well-being, we don't need one more thing to drop. Mm -hmm. we, we can... We deserve 
In fact, I'd go further than saying we deserve. I would say we have a right and responsibility to know who we are as sexual people because the more that we know who we are as sexual people, the more that we can authentically bring that to someone else. Do you still think it's taboo, like being a sexuality? Is that what your title is, a sexuality educator? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you find it awkward telling people what you do at you times? Know, it's funny. When we were in Long Beach, somebody sat down beside me when you were gone and I was there for a couple of days by myself. Um, I was sitting at the bar at a restaurant, like just doing some work and brainstorming. And they said, what do you do? And I thought this was a six-year-old Caucasian male presenting guy. And I thought I could go, I could say what I do and then I could get into it and they could give me the little back, like the little, oh, really? Is that what you do? And then I could explain the necessity of it and explain why I actually do what I do. And then usually most people, after I say, yeah, I work with individuals and partners to help them communicate better and enjoy sexually fulfilling and consensual experiences, people are usually like, oh. That's a cool way of saying it. She works with partners and individuals to... What'd you say? Help them achieve more consensual and um, enjoyable sexual experiences. Cool. Yeah, I'll do the route sometimes where it's like, yeah, she works with like relationship therapy. Yeah. Then everybody so, goes, oh, like a yeah, therapist. And I go, yeah. It? Do you avoid saying that? I've, it's gotten awkward for me a couple of times. So oh, I've never asked you that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it, a good question. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll just say, she's a sexuality educator. And there is something in my body that like is awkward or it's like i don't want to explain the The, nuances uh of what she does Uh yeah to so to like avoid it i'll just say like couples therapy who do you avoid is there like a certain type of human you found yourself avoiding answering it fully to like surfacey like getting to know you conversations or like guys that you get paired with on the golf course okay like people who you're not going into more into a relationship and investor exactly what i think just being polite as polite as I can be, mm-hmm. out in uh, the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that coming out of your mouth. And I was like, I don't know what he's going to say. When I was coming out of the UPS store recently, somebody said, I see you in here all the time. Like, what do you do? Like, you and I are always mm-hmm. in here at the same time. And I paused and I gave it a beat. And I was like, it is true. He sees me in there all the time. And I said, actually, I am a comprehensive sexuality educator. And he went, oh, oh, like made a whole to do of it. Okay. And so I just kind of gave this kind of look back. And he said, oh, so I like, what What does that mean? She caught me off guard. It's a good follow up. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, yeah, provide individual <laughs> education mm-hmm. to adults individuals and partners who are looking to heal their sexual relationship or looking to communicate better sexually and looking to reconnect after a traumatic event mm-hmm. um, to restore to people what was rightfully theirs. So many humans did not get complete or accurate sexuality education in middle school and high school. And I don't think that's right. I think human beings deserve to flourish sexually, ethically, and in a values-aligned way. And by the end of this spiel, (laughs) the man in the UPS parking lot was like, oh, I bet that's really needed. Mm. Good. And I said, yeah. Then usually what happens is people start to tell me about their shitty sex education. The next thing people usually do is this, and this is what the gentleman said, I grew up in Catholic school, and I knew where it was going. 
And he was like, we didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh-huh. And I said, I would love to stay here and talk longer, but I was literally needing to get to something that I was going to teach. I Job said, one security, of those babe. Students. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I find that the people who do the ooh, right, or make the face, the like yuck face or the ooh face are usually the ones who need it the most. Cool. So I've gotten more and more comfortable. Sometimes I'll go into like a networking event and like challenge myself to say it. Smart. Like you. That's smart. If If you're just trying to get through the day or if it's like, yeah, I just want to move through. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say I run a private education business or consulting business. Yeah. Um, and then when people say what kind, I say health. I mean, I have a lot of like different things. I was at our local Indian restaurant on Monday, whatever today is. And um, yeah, somebody was asking me what I do. Are you in a, a teacher or a student? Because it was obvious that I was like taking notes from a book that I'm working through again. Or some clients that I adore. And I said teacher. And they said like, what kind? And I just said health as my book, The Erotic Mind, was on the table. Good. So, yeah, it's going really, really well. I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about the clients that come to us and like how we're meant for them, but more importantly, they're meant for us. And that's really like, it's totally how I run my business. Like, I don't, it's not a hierarchical model, this model of like, I am all knowing and come to me, I will share my wizardly wisdom with you. It's very much I have these tools. I've gone to school for this. I am a voracious learner. Use what I have to offer, right? Gather, glean from this. And then also please teach me, right? Try these things and then share what's difficult so that I can learn and give feedback and respond to what's tricky. Like the sticking points is always what I say. And yeah, and then they teach me, right? I've had clients who are like, yeah, I I assign an exercise and it doesn't really work for them. And so my, like my teacher brain is like, ooh, try this instead. And then that works amazingly. So then the next time I have a client, I'm like, hey, does this sound better or this sound better? And they pick the other one. And I'm like, that's so cool. That's not because of me. That's because a client who came before you who opened my eyes. So I'm just, I'm in a season of real thankfulness. And yeah. That is the sign of good coaching when you're able to say the same thing three different ways. Yeah, good. What else is going on with you? What are we chopping up today, babe? You want to talk about the thing? Probably. It's nice that it's not really about us. Like before we get started, it's, it's not our it's not our shit. Lauren's crying, and it doesn't have to do with us. Yeah, it doesn't have to do with a garbage disposal <laughs> or a natural disaster. Yeah, go ahead, babe. Are, are there any questions you want me to? You want me to set it up, honey? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Shit. Uh, Lauren lost uh, a very good friend of hers to cancer. And um, that hits really close to home because she lost her mama to cancer. And uh, her friend was battling. Started out as breast cancer, but it metastasized to kind of everywhere. Okay. Uh, How many years? Mm, 1920 was when it was diagnosed. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So three, Three. almost four years. Mm -hmm. uh, And... um, it was a couple of days ago that you told me that 
Um, you thought she was going to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the signs were there, and mm-hmm. uh, then hospice mm-hmm. was with her, and um, and she passed away. How old was she? Mm. Doesn't age become so relative in her early forties? She's early forties. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how have you been dealing with your grief, babe? Mm. You know, it's so interesting. The reason that I was brought to tears and we were talking about this earlier is how grief feels like waves, like it feels like the ocean. And like, imagine you're like just uh, uh, bobbing in the ocean Mm -hmm. and the waves are coming and you're there and you you can't stop the waves. It's going to be calm sometimes and then it's going to be really rough for a little bit. Then it's going to be calm and really rough and you're just kind of floating in the ocean. Mm -hmm. So that's, and you're allowed to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, and you're allowed to let it come and hit you, and then it's calm, and then you go about your day, or you fill your day with tasks, and then say when you're done with tasks, and then another <laughs> set comes in and hits you. Yeah. I'll shut up. How how are oh, you doing, it's babe? Such a beautiful analogy. It's very helpful. Um, I when I started sex ed for you, this friend was an integral part of the brainstorming, the belief in me, copy editing the website. Um, Literally, I typed the phrase 15-minute consult like a million times today, and this friend is the one who really wanted me to put a hyphen between 15 and minute. (laughs) So every time I type 15-minute consult, I think of her. Um, And (laughs) it's it's just so funny. It's like this little (laughs) cute way of her like laughing at me and I'm I'm like putting up into action this whole welcome series of emails. Did she tease you a bunch? She didn't tease me. She was, uh, well, okay, yes. I mean, I guess I've already mentioned that. She, it's so weird to move into past tense. We don't have to. Right? Like, um, she was, is an Enneagram 3. And so we shared a lot of those Enneagram 3 moments of like, I don't like to feel my feelings and she didn't either. So in that way, so this is pertains to this. Yesterday is a client day for me. Wednesdays are always client day for me. And I woke up to the information that she had passed, left this human body and um, <laughs> looked at my calendar. And since Sex Ed for You started in February of 2022, I have had clients on Wednesdays. every. It is my most popular client day. For the first time in the history of Sex Ed for You, I did not have Wednesday clients. And I literally felt her like, ha ha. You didn't book it out. It just didn't happen. Nobody showed up on the calendar. Next Wednesday, slammed. Next Wednesday, slammed. Got it. It's like people who my usual Wednesdays couldn't do this week or people had graduated out of their sessions. Clients leave my care because I believe that humans can be interdependent. Um. And so it just so happened. Yeah, people moved to today. People moved to next week. And so I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I can't. An Enneagram 3's tendency for anyone who's curious what I'm meaning by that, I would love to pour myself into work. When Trey was (laughs) earlier being like, I'm bored. You know what sounds fun? Like, getting high or drinking so I don't have to work. That never comes into my mind. Mm. I'm like, ooh, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Um. And I love losing myself channeling grief into work. That can be fine. It can be fine. But it keeps me from feeling what I actually need to feel. And I think leads to unhealth in my body. 
I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, <laughs> it, it's not good. It comes out sideways later. Like, it does. So she's laughing at you from the afterlife uh -huh. because you have to feel your feels. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't get to hide. <laughs> yeah. You got to feel your feels. Yes. And this human is the one who taught me about human design. Okay. So all the projector <laughs> Wait, generators. Wait, she's the human design yes, founder is, in this no, house? Yes. She is Holy the reason. Shit. We talk about this projector stuff and the generator stuff. So I'm also dying and introduced me to so many of the healing modalities I used. So I literally felt her presence being like, so you're going to use it? Like, you going to take care of this vessel? Or are you just going to use all the old patterns? Because um, she knows my trauma too. She knows that my mom is gone. Like, mm -hmm. And we have like a Marco with another one of our best friends. And um, yeah, she would always, she was always so kind to be like, is this information okay for you to hold, Lauren? Um, if you want to skip over this message, like skip over this message mm -hmm. if it is too close to trauma. And so it was just always, it was a trauma-informed touch with me but i just she was fucking awesome she was a good friend and she was awesome she's phenomenal mm -hmm. and anyone who listens to this podcast mm -hmm. who knows her knows how phenomenal she is yeah so it's you know it's multi-layered because uh, you know a lot of people will be like triggers aren't trauma yeah i hear it but there's also sayings like the body keeps the score right so things that are familiar to us of our own traumatic experiences in the past. And they just have more of a, they feel like a reverberation. I keep feeling this like reverberation from like, it's like this thing happened, but it's about more than the death of this friend. It's about also the death of my mother. But what has been amazingly healing about this experience is that when my mother died, when I was 21, um, I was deeply entrenched in religious fundamentalism. I had none of the tools that I have today. Um, and there was a ton of what's called spiritual bypassing going on, a ton of praying for miracles until the moment she died, a ton of, like, to the point that I wondered if she was going to be, like, raised from the dead because I was, like, convinced. So I didn't get – I was so in belief that she would be healed – that I didn't get to experience her death, if that makes sense, right? Like death is like as beautiful and as rhythmic a process as birth is. Go into that, experience her death. Like I was just convinced that there was going to be some miracle and that it wasn't really going to happen. And so it was like, it's like my body couldn't even fathom it. And I was constantly being told that like, um, a broken heart is like a joyful spirit is good medicine, but a broken heart dries up the bone. So I was just trying to be so joyful in this too, like so expectant of a miracle, so um, reliant on Christ. So all of these things that it didn't, it didn't let me be present. Did the, so the mind was doing that. Did the body know? I would have like panic attacks. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the mind was going miracle, which, I mean, that that's not bad. It's not bad to hope for that. The mind was going, but the body didn't get to maybe experience. Okay, so if the mind is thinking, the body's feeling, there were two different mm -hmm. things when you were 21 going on. Mm -hmm. Would that be accurate? Mm -hmm. Okay, because panic attacks are, that's, that's probably mm -hmm. both. I don't, I don't fucking know. I just know. remember after she died to... And this is what's been so healing 
um, after she died, I just kept thinking that there was going to be like an expiration date on my grief. Like it wasn't going to be allowed past some fictitious date. And so I would, I remember the panic attacks being people are going to think like I'm less Christian, less trusting. And because you're mourning for your mom. Yeah. Or because you're not getting over it. And I don't know how much of this is like my conditioning, right? Like shit going on in your mind or like, I don't want to let people down. Yeah. I don't know. I also was a baby, right? Like my frontal lobe was only finally developing, right? You were 10 a decade ago. Right. But I was 21. Like I was, I also had gotten married in the chaos of all of this. And so it's a wild story where there were like 400 people at your wedding mm-hmm. to celebrate your mom. So your wedding turned into a living wake. Mm-hmm. Hey, put on a happy face. You had 10 minutes of uh, dancing? I might vomit. I like right now? I really feel sick. Sure. Yeah, hold on. Let's keep the cameras rolling, though. This is good shit. Keep those goddamn cameras rolling. Here you go, babe. If you need to throw up, do it for YouTube. Fuck, we're going to get a boat. <laughs> we're going to get a boat. Right. Okay. But this is what's so healing about this time is that I can be like, what the actual fuck this time? Yeah. I, with, with no, in regards to how I was being told allowed, whatever to grieve. You're talking about in retrospect of when you were 21, when mom passed of cancer. Every time now someone close to me or close to a friend or family member passes, I'm able to go, whoa, whoa. I didn't have any of these tools. Whoa. Which is healing. It's really healing. Um, and no wonder you felt like that baby Lauren. <laughs> like It's a natural thing to want to grieve your mom. Meanwhile, your husband's binging on alcohol and ending in the ER with psychosomatic illnesses every few days. Um, because now we all know he's gay. Like, I right? But uh, laughing at me when I come out in lingerie, like... Uh, this is another thing I would love for us to talk about. Some people want sex when they're grieving. Some people don't want sex when they're grieving. Some people's sex drives skyrocket. I just wanted belonging and intimacy and so wanted sex so badly. And I would get like laughed at for wanting that or told like, what is wrong with you? Why would you want sex when your mom just died? It was so messed up. Um, How is this time different? Yeah. So this time I'm... In the bathtub yesterday, because I had no clients, and I'm like, what would, it's WWJD, I can say that, this person's name is starts with a J, <laughs> what would this J do? Um, and I'm like, tell me to get in a freaking bath with Epsom salts and put on sound bowl music and, and see what reverberates through my body. Um, so you weren't here, thank God, I had the house kind of to myself to be my cuckoo self. But I found a healing sound bowl, like uh, Apple Music thing that I put on repeat. It worked from the chakras. So it worked from root chakra all the way up to head chakra. I found myself like harmonizing with these sounds. And I would let these sounds out of my body, babe. And then they would just turn into a yell or a sob or a groan. It literally sounded like childbirth. 
And I was like, it felt so therapeutic. And I swear it must have reverberated through me and then into the water as well. Like there was, it was like movement through me. And we talk about how the body, when it's gone through something traumatizing, freezes. And so the way it needs to release those things is through movement. It needs to shake. And yeah, so I'd be sobbing and then laughing hysterically, thinking that this friend, Jay, is like, they're just like, yes. Well done. Yes, 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 doing yes. such a good job. And then, so this is another human design reference that this friend introduced me to. My solar plexus, so the thing on our bodies that feels basically like all of our emotions are solar plexus. Mine is completely undefined. I have no groundedness, no definition to my solar plexus, which can be beautiful because I can feel everybody's emotions. It's so lovely. I have, it can also be exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. And... I'm over my vomiting. I'm going to put that down. I know. Maybe it'll come back. I'm back in my body. I'm not talking about the horrible past. Okay. And what I have a tendency to do, and I think I told you this early in the week, is feel everybody else's emotions, not my own. And so I told you early in the week, and especially yesterday, I am not going to text everybody. And that might be selfish. Might be all the things. I know people are finding out. Nope, not going to do it. No, that doesn't, be- that's not selfish at all. That doesn't have to be your job. And nobody said, hey, can you text everybody? You, uh, you, no. Nobody I reached out. I actually think, and it's funny, right? Because I was also just, I am such a like, witchy lady these days. I was about to say, which now I'm going to say, that I had just watched a tarot card reading for the full moon for Libras, me, okay? And one of the things that was pulled was resist the urge to gossip right now. Hmm. Like, just resist that urge. Cool. And so I had just, I had that in the front of my mind, too. And I thought, yeah, not only was that really harmful to me when my mom died, when people were finding out through the grapevine and then texting me, I think they were doing it out of kindness, but it felt gross. It felt like we were a family on display and it felt disgusting and I hated it more than anything in the world. Um, So one, I was not going to be a part of any of that, but two, I didn't want to feel everybody else. Everybody else has a connection to the person who dies. I wanted to see if I could just sit in my own feelings of that. And so I didn't have my phone around me, wasn't doing that. I was just trying to feel my feelings, which one of the ways I can get to them is through like my sacral, which is so silly, through like my like sex organs, right? And I did not masturbate through this, though that does sound like something I would do. But those like groans in the song, singing really did help. Yeah, so I think it was funny too because I had told Holland the employee at one point like yay because I don't have clients I'll just do this that and the other thing and she was looked at me like or not your friend just died um but at one point I got in the car to like I thought I was gonna go work from a coffee shop and it was hilarious because I drove to Starbucks could barely get there because I was so zoned out I didn't know where it was been there and then got a coffee and then was like, I don't want to be in public. like, Because one of the things about grief is you just want to punch everyone else you see because you're like, doesn't the whole world stop? Um, so what did I do? Oh, I drove to the park with my, to- my, my sound bath bowl sounds. Tight. Just going. And then I thought maybe I'd 
yeah, get out of the car and like walk around a little bit. But I did. It was a full moon yesterday, which is also so amazing. And this friend would have loved it. It was an magical sunset and it was like a blue moon or something the blue moon a pisces blue moon yeah i forgot to look at it It, i tried it it was too cloudy we couldn't see it here in our area sweet yeah so don't worry it was beautiful it was like and we're not gonna have another one of those till 2037 yeah 2037 yeah like that type of blue moon not crazy it'll probably still be pretty full tonight that we'll be able to see it but um yeah but just all of these things that i did i really i think i told you this too I resisted the urge to say, I just can't understand. I can't wrap my mind around it. All these types of things, because I don't think we can understand. I think that when a person goes from being a person in the flesh to a spiritual being, it is too infinite for us to understand. Yeah. You mentioned the quantum field. Yeah. I was like, maybe if I go study quantum physics, (laughs) maybe if I go understand. It's, it's a quick study. Time time is like bendable. The the quickest study is, it's a possibility of everything. Yeah. So if you can be like, huh? It's like, yeah, it's just a possibility of everything. You can accept that. And then if you can like, things don't go away where they just turn into other things. Yeah. And then like, I mean, what a part of life, right? Mm-hmm. You got no choice. Mm-hmm. I haven't hit mine yet. I haven't hit my like big grief, like a you know, real close family member, a close mm-hmm. friend. Not yet. It's coming. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So anyway, th- yeah, it's been incredibly raw. I think would be a good word. You are so wonderful at holding space for that. Yeah, and I'll I'll, t- I'll throw some questions at you in just a second. But more than anything, it has been kind of magical to look at how my body is processing through this. I had a lot of laughter today. Um, yeah, how my body is processing through this versus how it did at my mother's death, how it did it during the murder of a friend of mine's son, like, this feels genuine. This feels grounded. I've got boundaries right and left. Um, feels holy. It feels sacred. It feels as sacred as birth, birth to me, and that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the waves come. Usually if I start speaking about her or talking with another mutual friend, they come and they should, right? She she matters, and that's beautiful. But my question to you is going to be, yeah, what's it like being in a space with someone who's grieving? Where does it go in your body? Do you feel the need to fix it? Yeah, how are you doing? Checking in. Checking in's the, I think that's the word where I just, I just check in with you and like, what do you need? reaffirm that you can feel however you want to whenever you want to the wave analogy we've covered um and then it's like do you need food yeah do you need kombuchas yeah do you need red wine Mm. do you need rosé do you need to be left alone (laughs) you need scratches on your back yeah do you need you know some you know moderate lovemaking nothing too fast Nothing too slow. Steady. So Steady, just check in. Rhythmic. Yeah. 
We'll get that sound path going. I'll beat a drum. Yeah, so that that's my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, does it... Oh, make the house available. Like, you know, huh. friends are coming in. That's my job. To, ooh, provide value. <laughs> that's my job. It's your favorite. Run logistics, <laughs> provide value. Yeah, be the, not the day of coordinator, but the other guy. Event planner. Event planner. Yeah. Director of operations. Uh-huh. Of the Rogers household. Yeah. Edit that out. <laughs> so. Yeah. Does it make you feel sad at all? Or do you feel like my feelings are my responsibility? Your feelings are your responsibility. I get to feel my feelings. It doesn't like bring you down or anything like that. I don't like saying like your feelings are your responsibility. Because it's <laughs> like. just a little me. Like figure it out. <laughs> so I don't like that. But um. Like I'm, I'm here to hold space and like, yeah. you want to talk about like, this is nice. Like just talking about, it. I didn't know Jay. I didn't know her mm-hmm. personally. I think I met her one mm-hmm. time, like but I knew she was a good friend of yours. Mm-hmm. And, um, you so. talked to her on that Marco Polo app before. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's my job just to mm-hmm. hey, keep showing up, keep mm-hmm. showing up, make your life easier. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to talk about another healing aspect is that there wasn't space in my last relationship. He's a different human now, which is awesome, um, to have my own feelings. It was my feelings were so, yeah, there wasn't space for them. And I learned that early on, that that would like destroy everything. And so this is this has been such a healing place too for me to take. You get to feel your feels. Yeah. You don't have to worry about somebody else. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hijacking the spotlight or something. As fucked up as that sounds. Yeah, but I think it comes from put on sex educator relationship type of hat here. One's own comfortability with their feelings, right? Because if we know what we need, want, and desire, and we're actively working to get our own needs met. Via our partnership or via counseling, therapy, meds, massages, yoga, exercise, um, time with other friends and community, if we are actively seeking to get our needs taken care of, we're not as like appalled by someone else in a space having needs, wants, and desires as well. And so I think where I see it mostly with clients is that they're resentful that somebody else has needs because, well, I have needs and those aren't getting met, so why should they get their needs met? So I think it speaks, I won't stroke your ego on this podcast, but I think it speaks well to how you not only take care of your needs, back it up, you acknowledge that you have them. And that's just a human thing to do. I know it's not like, whoa, but it I actually see it as like a fundamental problem. Why are you smiling? No, I wasn't, I wasn't smiling. <laughs> You're like choking back. I swear to God, I wasn't smiling. <laughs> Rewind the tape, watch Trey smile. It's like he's choking down something. He's like laughing. Um, yeah, I, we all have human needs. We're human beings and someone not getting their needs met is not a reason for the other partner to not get their needs met. Like, well, if I'm miserable, you can't be like, you can't get fixed. I can't give you, you affection if I'm not, that's what the spiral usually turns into. So that's when I say responsibility, I just mean it is my responsibility to notice what it is that I need and then ask for it. And, and sometimes that can be prompted by, Hey babe, is there anything you need? And then I can go zoom 
mm-hmm. like is there yeah and then also like i need to be left alone right now or i need you yeah. to get out of here for a couple yeah. hours that's that's yeah. a completely understandable rational mm-hmm. need or it's like i need to go check into a hotel go can yeah, we great. can we speak really vulnerably for a second sure this morning you initiated sex mm-hmm. and i had just been crying on the other side of the bed yeah. um and i you know just in my body didn't feel like i could rally in that moment that was for you babe that wasn't for me <laughs> that poke was that was a i give back poke <laughs> I was like, for the people, a poke it, for the people. Literally in my mind, it was like, does she need a little dick to take her mind off of this? That's what that was for. That wasn't for me, honey. It was the self. I have a basement. That wasn't for me. <laughs> no, yeah, that that was for you, honey. And then, like, when you were not feeling it, mm-hmm. then it was time to get you a cup of coffee. Hmm. Get you a cup of coffee? Yeah. Or like make the bed. Yeah. We make the bed. We, we start because you wanted yeah. to start your day, and I go, "Yes, yeah. great." The baby is here yeah, too. Yeah, right here. Yeah, I'm here to support you at that time, honey. Yeah, but th- thank you for that. And I, you know, hinted at this earlier, but I'd grief- have to be kind of a real motherfucker if you're grieving, and then I'm disappointed that you're not giving me like sleepy side sex right when we wake up in the morning. I'd have to be quite the motherfucker. True. True or yes? Call you. Yes or true? QMF. Quite the motherfucker. It's funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it would be. Sorry. I'm like. It's true. Yeah, I was considering it. Yeah. Honey, you can turn down sex all you want. Oh, no. I'm just going to do me. more push ups <laughs> and more pull ups. <laughs> Jawline's getting tight right now. Yeah, because you're on the wagon. I'm on the wagon, honey. Bite the lip Turned again. a corner. I'm getting my fucking lip. Did I bite my lip again? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but thank you. And maybe we'll keep the audience posted on again because it can be a completely normal physiological response to have the opposite, like to have a oh, I want more sex to get my mind off of this. Yeah. It can feel, and I want everyone out there to know it is not an unhealthy coping mechanism so many people will be like this is an unhealthy coping mechanism fuck that when we engage with another human body consensually in a grievous time and especially if we are able to orgasm orgasm is a spasmatic response of the body and it helps heal trauma and release trauma from the body stored trauma all this kind of stuff so if somebody's like, why do I want to fantasize like my friend just died, my parent died, my whatever, do it. If your body is calling for it, do it. Yes, then journal, go to therapy, get outside, touch the ground, love on your kids and, you know, go get ice cream. But if your body, do not, do not do the Play-Doh thing of like pleasure is bad and the body is bad. No, bodies are good. They have such interesting responses. And I wouldn't be shocked if like tomorrow or Saturday my body wanted, yeah, something sexy. Mm -hmm. That's not, there's nothing wrong with us. Mm -hmm. We will so often, this is a a whole other thing we could talk about. We will so often be like, I mean, her husband died only like three months ago. And I heard she's dating already. Right. And it's It's fine. It's fine. I I saw these two women sitting at a Chick-fil-A and shame this young lady walking by dressed in something that they didn't approve of for whatever reason. Right. I saw both of them do it. And then we made eye contact. Mm. I made eye contact with the two. 
it's fine. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. let people do whatever they yeah. want to do. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're saying like do it in a healthy way. If you want to go have sex, like as a as as a form of coping for grieving, do it in a healthy way. You don't need to go get blackout drunk yes. and find some fucking loser, yeah. uh, man or woman. Right. Because loser is genderless in this house. Well said. We can close it there. But yes, if you get horny when you're grieving, yeah. get the horns. Do it consensually. S- like, I don't know, like strengthen your masturbatory practice. Cool. That's a great way. Yeah. Um, just don't don't feel bad if you're like, why would I want sex at a time like this? That is usually what I hear people say. Okay. There's no. And then if you don't want sex, if you reject your beautiful husband in bed with you one morning, mm-hmm. you're also okay. Yeah. Thanks for asking about this, babe. I didn't know we'd talk about this today, and it means a lot to me. Yeah, you're welcome, honey. Okay. Love you lots. Love you. Okay. Goodbye. Oh, yeah, do your thing. Oh, my Goodbye. Do you want me to do it for you? Yeah, you do it. Can you remember all the things I say at the end? Friends. <laughs> this is a... This is not a, a how-to podcast. This is a how-we podcast. If you want more information, uh, go to Instagram and uh, the website, sexedforyou.com. And if you don't want more information, good. Uh, please like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if you want to book a free 15-minute consult uh, with her, not me, I will not speak to you. Uh, please, I don't even read comments. Please uh, go back to that sex ed for you. Uh, and then you can follow her. I think I already said this on Instagram. On ne- What's the website? You're doing a really good job. Sex ed for you.com. Forward slash. Forward slash uh, f- consult. Free consult. Free consult. Yeah. Good job. And these things that we've said today are our opinions and only our opinions. Are your, were your hands sweating? Yeah, I made sweating? my hands sweat. I didn't you like did that at all. You did such a good job. I didn't like that at all. You did such a good job. Our opinions, only our opinions. Grief is a individual process. Thanks for asking me about it. But please, there are lots of books I recommend on grief because I have walked through it so many times. So if you want more resources on grief, especially with inside a partnership and supporting one another in partnership in their grieving, let me know. I would love to talk to you about that or you and your partner about that as you navigate it in this life, in this universe. Is that what you said earlier? In the universe, yeah. Infinite possibilities. Peace.